So I get a call from one of my friends who's been listening to the podcast and giving some good feedback. He's always wanted, he's been wanting to get into bourbon and whiskey for a little bit. So he called me and he, he was talking about the last podcast and he goes, uh, he goes, Hey, just want to let you know, I bought my first bottle today and I was nice. pretty excited. What are you buying? Also, I thought he was going to go with a very old Barton. I'm like, if you're, yeah, I'm like for the price point, it's best to do. So he goes, uh, no, I bought crown Royal peach. Oh, geez. oh Lord. Oh my God. That's not even bourbon. <laughs> I It's no. Canadian whiskey. It's the last time I ever talked to my friends since first grade. Did you send them back to Canada? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't even think that qualifies as a whiskey. I, yeah, it's technically it's whiskey. It's technically whiskey. Yeah. Well, because like, well, like the, the like Jim Beam apple and stuff like that, I think technically fall under cordials. Well, he's mm. technically not a friend anymore, so it's oh, fine. Okay. He's technically dead. <laughs> <laughs> At least to Dan. And to me, and I don't even know him. <laughs> podcast about bourbon and the ones who drink it. This is Bourbon Matters. All right, welcome to Bourbon Matters. I'm Jake. I'm Dan. I'm Roberto PDL. And I uh, got some news today. Uh, we're also going to talk about pregnant? barrel aging. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about barrel aging. Uh, and then we're drinking uh, Whistle Pig Piggyback Rye. Can't wait. That's finished in Revolution VSOJ barrels. So Revolution is a Chicago company. Uh, they make beer. And this is a limited Chicago release. Um, I've still seen it at stores. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go grab one, I would suggest doing so uh, quickly. Yeah. Yep. I'm excited. Me too. Dan is not. Dan is no. not excited. <laughs> not a rye guy. There's a few that I like, but uh, not not my favorite. I think you'll be surprised. I think you'll like it. Well, find out. If anything, you'll become a man tonight. It's never going to happen. Are you happen. also new to bourbon like your friend? <laughs> <laughs> Was your first bottle Jack with Apple or whatever the hell you said? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what have you been uh, drinking this week, Roberto? Oh, um... You know, I, I got that bottle from Sam, uh, the Buffalo Trace Kosher. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Is it? It's really good. It's a high rye. It's a bourbon, but it's high rye. Does it go well with the potato pancakes? It goes well with uh, potato pancakes, yes, and <laughs> matzah bowl. Um, really good. It, you know, I, I've only seen them twice. I saw it at the local uh, Benny's at some point. And I was like, all right, I'm not going to get it because it looks... I don't know, it just looks weird, right? Yep. Like, oh, kosher, buffalo trace, which, again, nothing against anything. It's just yeah. like, like, well, I don't know. It's an interesting recipe. It's I mean, if you're not kosher, right. there's not really right, exactly. much of a like, reason to pick I, it up. I guess probably not. And then I started reading about it, and then apparently it's, like, really sought after. It's going for a really decent amount of money online. Yeah. Um, well, it's also a high rye mash bill, which is high rye recipe, yep. Because regular again, buffalo is not. Right, exactly. And it has a big green label on the front that says high right recipe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, when I saw it at Benny's, I'm like, um, I guess. And I passed. I just picked up the regular Buffalo Trace. And then Sam uh, you know, showed me this one. I'm like, all right, well, I got to try it. So it's like 120 or something. It's really good. It is excellent. I like high rye whiskeys, bourbons, and I like rye whiskeys. Uh, it's really good. That's what I've been drinking. Cool. 
So I finished off my Joseph Magnus, finally. Um, we got a, a Murray Hill Club from Sam, so I thought I'd get rid of the old Joseph Magnus for the new one. So added another pour to the Infinity bottle, and it is almost to the top. So pretty soon we'll do a taste test on that. Nice. Nice. Jay, You've I got it, it all recorded, right? Yeah. Yep, I got wrote them all down. Jake, you want to? We've talked about it a couple times. Is Jack and, Apple in there too? Jack Apple's ninety percent of it. <laughs> Jake, you want to? We've talked about what they are. Do you want to kind of give a quick? Or we talked about it. You want to give a quick rundown of Infinity Bottles? Yeah. So the idea behind Infinity Bottle is that you take the last little bit of your bourbon bottle or whatever whiskey, and you put it in a decanter or some other bottle. Um, and over time, as you empty uh, some of your favorite bottles or, or bottles that you think would be interesting, you build a brand new whiskey out of blending all yeah. these different whiskeys together. And as you drink that down, you leave a certain percentage of that one and then refill. Yeah. Thus, having an infinite blend of whiskey. Have yep. you tried yours or no? No, I, you're supposed to wait until you get it full before you try. So I think I got two more pours left. Yeah. Um, finally bought a nice decanter for it this summer. Nice. I think I was using the one that I had since college that I got at Goodwill or something. Yeah. <laughs> that mine's from like Home Goods or some crap like <laughs> <Yeah>. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was nice to get one. I um, was really happy with it. I got a set with some glasses and steel balls. It was... Um, believe new living and OU living on Amazon just really liked it. You yeah. got yep. one shortly after I got one new living on the edge. Uh, no new living. It's a really nice, you know, and again, this is not an advertisement by any means, but just because we actually did, uh, Dan and I bought a, a decanter set. That's beautiful. It's pretty. Mm-hmm. It looks great, uh, on my, on my bar. And, um, it's, it's really nice quality. So yeah, I mean, you know, Sean from new living, uh, props to you. This decanter set that I got from Amazon was was tremendous. Yeah, unfortunately, Jake still uses the one that he used to keep his Bacardi in. So in the crown, in the crown apple. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I was thinking about getting one too, uh, but I just got married, so I got an all new bar set, and I didn't really need a decanter yeah. set. So, <laughs> nice. yeah, I don't have an infinity bottle. I, I need to start one. I really, that's one of the things I don't have. Yeah. It's just you know my. Some of the bourbons that I've opened, like, well, oh, I don't want to put them in the infinity bottle. Like, I'd rather drink. Them. Yeah, yeah. You, I, I always try and put at least an ounce. You don't have to put that much in, but this is kind of cool to have the like. I'm on the back side of the index card now yeah. of what's <laughs> all in the first bottle, and I'm gonna put it in nicer display. But I like that. So good for you, yeah, it'll it'll be. I'm sure it'll be good. How much you've of that? You've got a good selection. How much of that is spit? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I drink. He's like I drink taking, straight from the bottle. Or <laughs> taking swigs, just. So, but you're not. Or I don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe that's the end. No, I, I leave that from the glass. No, I leave the last okay. little bit in the bottle, and so yeah. it's bottle to decanter. It's not. Yeah. No, he doesn't put it in his mouth and spit it out. It's not bottle to glass to decanter bottle. or no. bottle to mouth to swish to glass to decanter. No, I don't drink from the bottle like you. I swish my my bourbon like mouthwash. Yeah, it's probably killing all the bacteria in my mouth. Hell yeah. It's 100%, I mean, uh, 50% alcohol. Yeah. So, Jake, I know you said you were switching things up and had some big news that's going on this week. Yeah, there's just a few interesting stories that I want to get through quickly before we get to uh, the the final learning segment of Bur- Bourbon 101. Um, first thing, Woodford is going to release a double-double oak. 
Yeah, this is going to be by sweepstakes only. Um, you'll enter the sweepstakes on their website for a chance to win a chance yeah. to win a chance to purchase it at the distillery. Did you? Um, re- yeah, I was gonna say you have to go to the distillery. Yeah, you have to go down to Kentucky to pick it up. Yeah. So here's I don't know how this happened, but a while ago, probably about four or five years ago, when I moved into my house, someone gave me a bottle, and it I, once I, I it sounded great. And once I saw the label, it looked the same. But I have had a small, not the full seven fifty bottle, but I had a small bottle of double oak, double double oak. Double, double, oak. Really? Like five or six years ago, I swear it. The label looked the exact same, and I swear it had that same double, double red stamp. Yeah. You know, when I was It's drinking, empty, though? I don't have the... I, I got rid of it. It was a small... It was like... Kind of like the Jefferson limited release It thing. was empty, though. No, I had it full. I drank it. This is before oh, I Oh, you, you drank it. Okay. Yeah, because when I was drinking... <laughs> I was like, Dan just like threw it down the drain. <laughs> <and> <laughs> whipped the bottle over his back fence. His mouth wide. Get out of here. Swish it. Uh, what I was training is that double double oak is not a new thing. No, but this is a special release that yeah. Woodford's doing by by raffle only, mm-hmm. and and you get the chance, you get the right to go down to Woodford and buy. Yeah, which if you've been if you've never been to Woodford, I I should just put in a plug. It is by far my favorite uh, my favorite distillery in Kentucky. You know Buffalo Trace is great and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Woodford's just the whole amazing tour experience is great. Add it to the list of things to do this summer. Yeah. If there, you know, if you can find anything, geez, man, last year was rough. It's getting better, I've heard, so. Yeah. yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, oh, and that came from thewhiskeywash.com. Uh, next one is uh, whiskey sales are coming back. Um, this is from the New York Post. So there has been massive growth overall in the spirits market in 2020 and 2021. U.S. sales rose 6.7% in 2021 to a whopping $4.6 billion. Super premium uh, spirit volumes are also up 15.6%, which is pretty surprising. Um, On-site restaurants and bars, however, was flat in 2021. And that's mainly due to the shift towards people consuming alcohol primarily at home. Mm obviously because of the pandemic. Mm, that makes sense. Um, one thing that you can do to help out your local bars or in restaurants is to go look for to-go cocktails or some bars and and like uh, some restaurants too, but mostly bars are actually resorting to selling bottles out of the bar. Um, for to-go? I know like... What? Like to-go or just if no, you're like you, there? Yeah, like you would you'd buy like a bottle from them rather oh. than like yeah, going yeah. into the bar. Oh, that makes sense. Um, like consume in like Zurich does yep. that. Yep. Um, I, the one they highlighted was in DC. Um, and the guy was actually known for stocking like unicorn bottles and he mm-hmm. sold his entire inventory Jeez, just to him. stay afloat in COVID, which is aftermarket prices. I'm assuming. Uh, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, get out there. Support your local bar, your local restaurant. Yeah. I did early on. I haven't gone there or haven't gotten in a while, but when the Mexican joint by me started doing that fairly early on, so you could get a little to-go margarita. Yeah. So I did those a few times early on. That's a, you know, that's funny because the first restaurant I ever saw that, like in you know April 2020, right when the pandemic was hitting, 
was the restaurant, the Mexican restaurant next to me. But these margaritas were like the twenty ounce margaritas and okay. to go cup. So I remember we we took a couple home and and that was a good night. <laughs> so another quick note related to this: we are out of dry January. So like <laughs> such a long month of not having to drink. So Did you not drink. I mean, I drank just fine. I didn't drink the entire month. Yeah. I... I what happened to the three podcasts we did in January? I don't celebrate dry January. Yeah, no, None either. of us did because we recorded like six episodes. Exactly. I was going to say there's like five episodes in January. Oh, mine's just iced tea. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that. has <laughs> like been faking the like whole time. In, that's one of my favorite scenes about whiskey is Lost in Translation when Bill Murray is sitting there in Japan and the director's telling him, he's like, no, you got to look like you're excited about the whiskey. He's like, well, I'm not because this is iced tea. Like if, you, if you gave me whiskey, I'd be excited about it. <laughs> oh man, what a great movie! Um, so the now that dry January is over, um, get out there and go buy booze, <laughs> whether it's at bars, restaurants, liquor stores. Um, we we've heard from Sam, and I've read several articles that people are getting rocked by dry January specifically bartenders um, because a large percentage of their clientele just like evaporates for well, was a month. that a big thing I mean I know I know it is and every year uh, apparently it's becoming a bigger and bigger deal Are you serious yeah I What's don't understand point? why oh man is there a podcast that talks about how stupid dry January it is I don't know we should have an offshoot where we just <laughs> yeah. shit on dry January <laughs> a little criminal <laughs> all wow. right so next Good story. This one, oh my god, this one may, might make me cry. Montana <laughs> is in the middle of a Jameson shortage. Ah, this is from the Billings Gazette. Um, some liquor stores in Montana have zero bottles of Jameson. You like Jameson? To, I like Jameson. Jameson's all right. Mm. Really? Yeah. The like real Irish concern whiskeys. is that we're approaching St. Patrick's Day. Oh, James, and they will not. They potentially will not have Jameson. Ooh. Do they say why? Uh, they're blaming supply chain issues. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, yeah. I've not seen a shortage of Jameson at any place around here. So there must be something specific yeah. related to to shipments in Montana or something. Wow. Or that's everyone's go-to in Montana, yeah. and they yep. just cleaned everything out. <laughs> Montana you know, I, did not participate dry January. No. <laughs> they were very, very wet. <laughs> Apparently not. I mean, why would you? I mean, if you lived in Montana, <laughs> wouldn't you just drink every single day of your life? And don't get me wrong, it's a beautiful state, but geez, man. It's like you drink or look at the mountains. I'd rather drink in the mountains. I'd say both, yeah. It's yeah. both and. <laughs> wow. Or if you're Dan, you drink while climbing the mountain. Yeah. That's, that's the way to do it, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dan will drink climbing anything. <laughs> uh, I'll just let that yeah one let's move on from there <laughs> <laughs> all right uh heaven hill has acquired samson and surrey which is a like craft distillery mm-hmm. uh network this is from the whiskey wash um some notable brands are few and widow jane that's that they that. now acquired so interesting yeah because um, yeah. few is an illinois one right yes yeah but I, I think it's chicago or it's a, a close suburb of Chicago. I can't remember. Which is different from Illinois. It's like yeah. Illinois and then there's Chicago. Yeah. Which is true, though. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that story at some point that Chicago is like 
like really trying to secede from the oh, state. I wish oh, somebody would. always submits a bill. Yeah, yeah. every year, every yeah. year they're trying to secede from the state. <laughs> That's fine. We live in Canada, so it's fine. All right, then the big one, the Pennsylvania Pappy Auction. Nice. So whatever the like uh, Department of Liquor or something in in Pennsylvania. Um, apparently acquires a bunch of different liquor through seizures and forfeitures over the course of time. Um, they currently have 1,208 bottles of different pappies um, that they've wow. decided they will put up for auction. Um, unfortunately, it is only open to residents, residents of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, so if you know someone... <laughs> In Pennsylvania. Get on that registry. It's a pretty state. Um, So February 7th is going to be the drawing. And they're actually, I think they're actually going for MSRP. Um, The 10 years is going for $90. And the 23 year is going for $400. And that's the range of prices. Um, So probably one of your best opportunities to pick up a bottle of Pappy if you live in Pennsylvania. Yep. Not a bad price. Yeah. They had that Buffalo Trace had that you know the auction after the tornadoes and yeah shoes. I, I I think that thing got up to. I mean, it was something ridiculous. Those was, were crazy. It was like yeah. one hundred and twenty thousand dollars for four bottles of Pappy or something. Yeah, it's a tax write off though, Roberto. You could do that. Yeah, it's charity. Uh, yeah, that's a really good point. It is a tax write off. Mm. Yeah. What Very a great nice. way to to give <laughs> and evade <laughs> taxes. <laughs> Yeah, what a great way to tell the government. It's like, screw you. <laughs> All right, uh, so now we'll get into our final lesson of Bourbon 101, which is barrel aging. Um, so at the end of the distillation process, um, some of the whiskey, or it depends on the type of whiskey, but most of them go through some kind of filtering process. Um, so Tennessee whiskey by definition, has to go through charcoal filtration. Um, This removes impurities uh, using the natural chemical processes of going through the charcoal. Um, It also imparts a distinctive charcoal-type flavor, Um, most notably Jack Daniels, um, Dickel. You can taste it pretty pretty heavily in those. I have a barrel aging in my belly right now. That's what it looks like, at least. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then we have chill filtering. So this cools the alcohol between 14 and 39 degrees Fahrenheit. And this this removes particulate um, and produces a very clear liquid. Um, This is mostly a cosmetic filtration. It doesn't really change the flavor all that much. Um, A new... Trend in the bourbon world, though, is non-chill filtered, mm-hmm. which you'll see a lot on labels popping up. Um, and this is, they just don't chill filter it. They just go through some other kind of filtration or um, it's not filtered at all. Um, it's thought to be more authentic, in quotes, and leave a lot of the nuance in the distillate, so they claim. Yeah, mm. I my Twin Oak has a little sticker on it that says non-chill filtered. That's, yeah. I think, the only one where I know it's specially pointed out. That's not, I mean, it's it's a sticker on the top of the bottle. It's mm-hmm. not It's not in the label. It's separate, so it's something yeah. they wanted you to see. Yeah. I've been seeing it more and more on, on different things. Um, we could probably go through the bar yeah, and find point. several. 
But yeah, it it seems to be something new ish. Yeah, probably like the last five years or so, it's starting to become more prominent. You know, filtering filtering is not even new to Dan. It's non-existent. He talks with no filter. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah, it's non-filter. It's chill. It's chill. I'm very chill. It's very chill filter. Yeah, <laughs> I like the way to. That's a good way to describe. Chill it. lack of yeah filter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, this, where is this going? <laughs> Oh, God. All right. uh, So for the U.S., barrels for whiskey are always charred. Um, It doesn't necessarily have to be a certain type of wood, but it does always have to be charred. Um, After the filtration, if they opt to do that, the distillate is put into the charred barrels. Um, 70% of whiskey flavor comes from barrel aging. This is the most important part of the process. Um, so some important chemical compounds in this, uh, hemocellulose at high temps, this begins to break down into wood sugars, allowing for caramelization on the interior surface of the barrel during charring, big flavor imparter, yeah. um, lignin responsible for the vanilla and spice flavors. And that's, I think a chemical just found in the wood, mm. uh, tannins, which is also a big wine thing, yep. which we learned last weekend. At the wine tasting. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, wood is dried out to reduce the the impact of tannins. Yeah. I guess on like um, normal wood, it's very high concentration. Right. Um, yep. Tannins are what give you the like dry flavor, yep. flavor or, or, or taste in wine and whiskey. Um, so in whiskey in particular, they try and cut that down as much as possible. Uh, then we have lactones. And it gives it most of the color too, right? Like the wood gives it, I mean, if not all the color. The wood, yeah. All, all of the color is, yeah. is derived the from wood. the charring mm-hmm. yeah. primarily and then the wood yeah. um, itself. Yeah. Um, and the, the depth of color, I believe, is correlated to age, obviously, the aging, yeah. and the level of char. Yeah. You know, I was reading something really interesting about barrels, which... I never thought about it this way because it's wood. It, you know, and this this guy, this author was saying, like it's a living organism. It's mm-hmm. wood. It's breathing. It breathes in and out of the barrel. Yeah. Uh, which obviously, depending on where you store your barrel in the warehouse, the air will be different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like three or four uh, places up in the rack or in the shelf, mm-hmm. even that can make a difference from the pressure because of where the barrel's sitting. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just amazing to me. And all those things play a, uh, a factor in the mm-hmm. aging of the bourbon. Yep. Which is really cool. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, so the last one, I, the last chemical I've got is lactones. Um, these are... Intolerant. Lactones intolerant. <laughs> I think I've actually seen the lactones in concert once or twice. <laughs> They're good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, was I found them lacking. I was oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. We need to start a... No, we don't. A pun, <laughs> a pun focused uh, podcast. Um, so there's, I think lactones are found in all woods, but there's unique concentrations in American oak specifically. Um, these impart the like woody and coconut flavors that come through in whiskey. Yeah. So I think when you're having like a double oak, this is primarily what you're tasting. That's amazing. I love Woodford double oak. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, so all of that information was courtesy of wanderback.com. 
Nice. Um, so here's, I'll go through some aging variables. Um, and then... Uh, <laughs> I look like I'm aging variable. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. The whiskey that I've been drinking is getting to me. <laughs> you guys keep talking, I keep drinking. All right, we'll fly through this. Uh, so some of the variables in the aging process, extraction, which is the liquid moving in and out of the barrel wood due to temperature changes throughout the year, which is what Roberto yeah. just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a major contributor to the flavor. The more cycles in and out of the wood, the more flavor you That's get. That's amazing. Um, oxidation, exposure to compounds in the spirit and oxygen generate and enhance flavors. Um, subtraction. So charring on the barrel acts as a filter and actually removes sulfides and unpleasant tastes and chemicals, mm. um, which is why they do it in America. Yeah, America. For the best whiskey in the world. Uh, Hands down. And there's definitely a lot of chance involved. Um, it's possible to get wildly different tasting whiskeys, even if the barrel's aging and the distillate are all highly controlled. Yeah. That's why with a, you know, Taylor single barrel, you can get two bottles, taste them back to back and they'll be different. Yeah. Yeah. They could even be have been on the rack right next to each other yep. and you could get different tastes. Uh, that's pretty um, when you it's fun when you read about this stuff too cuz the guys know where the honey holes in the Rick house are. So right. they know exactly. that there's certain spots where there's a crazy microclimate pressure everything and it's, these are going to be your best barrels that they're going to come out of that house yeah and that's that's where the blending comes in because they typically can identify those they know what what types of flavors come from where and they're able to blend and get you the extremely consistent yeah, product consistent. that's you know yeah. you get in every bottle in your in your blended yep. whiskeys yeah for sure um, then rotation. So sometimes they actually rotate the barrels throughout the rickhouse. Um, this uh, forces different conditions upon the barrels. If you keep it at the top of the rickhouse, uh, you know, during the summer, there's going to be a lot more penetration into the wood because um, all that wood fiber is going to be opening up. And if you leave one at the bottom of the rickhouse in the winter, it's going to be really cold and you'll get a lot of pushing out of the wood um so you want to try and rotate those and that's how you actually build a consistent flavor within the barrel yeah or at least it helps um that's all i've got nice it's good lessons we should talk about the uh, the angel share. I don't know if you were oh, yes. at some point. So because it has to do with that. Yeah. So the angel share is over time during the aging process, um, the alcohol will actually evaporate. That's called the angel share. Um, it's not recoverable, um, <laughs> right? And the, actually, the it's not just the alcohol that evaporates. It's also the the water yeah, and the, water the other content, things that right. You know, evaporate, and actually, that's what concentrates the the the, the uh, flavors too, the I proof mean, and the mm-hmm. and the flavors yeah. and everything else. Um, <clears throat> yeah, which then is... the the wood, the whiskey that's absorbed in the wood is called the Devil's Cut, mm-hmm. and Jim Beam actually has a a bottle called the Devil's Cut, where I think they mash the whiskey they, they out of it. barrels. That's how we Which is interesting. Cool. I've had it before a long time ago, and I did like it. 
To me, it, it tasted almost like a double oak. I would say like, that it tastes like pure wood. Yeah, at very, that point. Yeah, yeah, very oaky, and, yeah. and that's one that you actually flavor. chew, right? Yeah, that's one of the whiskeys you chew. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, yeah, I mean, and the thing though, the crazy thing is that if you're aging a bourbon or a whiskey 15, 20, 23 years, then uh, you know I've heard that if you have like a twenty three year whiskey or or bourbon, whatever it may be. Like, it'll be 25% full at the time that you open the barrel. Yep. Which is crazy. And that's why it's expensive as heck, obviously, because yeah. the more the more you age it, the more expensive, because you got to make the money somehow. Yeah. Yep. But that's crazy so, to me that you lose 75% of a barrel, you know, just to the air. Yeah. To the angels. Angel Sanvi, I was reading about Angel Sanvi, and, you know, it's a, it's a nod to Angel Share. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty cool. And it's got the angel's wings, of course, in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Cool. Nice. So today, I started drinking. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> you always are drinking. I know. Was, we're supposed to wait until I taste it. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, you got to taste it. It'll be a, have an educated <laughs> notes by the time it comes to That's me. That's true. You know? So, yeah. So we have a Whistle Pig Rye today. Um, it's a, Jake said, it's the Whistle Pig Piggyback Rye uh, VSOJ finish. So uh, for those of you who aren't too familiar with Whistle Pig, they primarily or primarily do rye whiskeys. Uh, they're a distillery that is in Ver- Vermont, uh, and when they first started in 2007, since it takes a while to make whiskey, they had to find product from somewhere, and they bought a bunch of um, 10-year-old uh, blending whiskey in Canada. So Canada, Canada, that uh, Crown Royal. They still Crown Royal. <laughs> Peach. <laughs> Peach crown oh, royal. They, uh, <laughs> they still primarily get the majority of their rye from Alberta these days. Oh, do they really? Wow. Um, their distillery. So we talked about the barrel distillery last week, and that was in an old server room. So this is very, very similar to the old server room. This mm-hmm. is in a 150-year-old dairy barn that they nice. remodeled. So very similar. Total ends of the technological <laughs> spectrum. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> went from the 22nd century to the 1800s. But uh, yeah, so this whiskey, it's a single barrel whiskey. Um, it's a pot still whiskey as well, too. So a lot of whiskeys anymore are uh, finished in continue or made in continuous stills or columnar stillers. Yeah. And they can put thousands and thousands of gallons and it just continues to blend through these large stills. Where a pot still is like the old big kettle pots mm-hmm. that you see, I think. Copper. Yeah, yeah, copper. I think they said they were 238 gallons, so they yeah. make each batch 238 gallons at wow. a time. Which I think is pretty small yeah. as far as stills yeah. go. So it's a pot still. Um, they say the benefit of that is you get some more flavor just out of a small batch. You're also going to get more variety because mm-hmm. it's not all blended in thousands of gallons of an increment at a time. Uh, the big one with this one, so they do have piggyback. This is piggyback VSOJ. So the big difference, like Jake said, this is done in collaboration with uh, Revolution Brewing in Chicago. They're famous for a lot of IPAs. The VSOJ stands for a beer they make called the Very Special Old Jacket. And that beer is actually a barrel-aged uh, barley wine ale that sits in a old whiskey barrel for two to four years. They give you sources on the whiskey barrels? It, I didn't find anything on that. Um, it's probably Jack or Jim. Yeah. So that makes sense. It's pretty cool. So when you think about the story of this whiskey, and all whiskey is a, basically a story because it's a long time period, is yeah. why this started aging 
in barrels in Vermont, oak barrels in Vermont. There was another whiskey agent in a different barrel. And then that barrel went to a beer company where it aged beer for a while. And then it finished its life aging whiskey again. Yeah. So you get a lot of different things, a lot of different flavors out of it. A really cool story with it. Um, the age of this, it's a six-year-old whiskey. It's a 103.2 proof. I didn't have to do a lot of research on this. I know some of the mash bills we've had problems finding or they don't release. <laughs> yeah, this is 100% an rye, and it says it on the bottle, so right. zero time to research that. Yeah, which <laughs> is pretty cool. It's uh, 50 to $60 is what you're usually seeing it for in stores. I looked it online. It's for $50, $60 online, too. Uh, you can find it still pretty easily in the Chicago area. I don't know what the market for it is outside yeah. the Chicagoland area. So it, if, it says exclusive Chicago. Is it really? So I don't know if that's like. And you can't ship <clears throat> bourbon or whiskey. No, from you can't Illinois. ship into Illinois. But you can ship out. You can ship out. I'm yeah. thinking. I know no. you can't ship in legally. We should secede from Illinois. <laughs> Well, it's a Chicago law, so <laughs> oh, yeah. all laws oh, are for man. Chicago. So it's it's fairly easy yet to find around here, but um, if you're if you're not in the Chicago area, it might be a little more difficult. Yeah, and for for a six year bourbon, the fifty sixty dollar range is pretty damn yeah. good. Yeah. So that's that's it. I'm gonna I haven't taken a sip yet just because I'm not a rye person. So. I mean, yeah, Dan doesn't like rice, which you know drives me nuts because some of the best whiskeys out there are in my I, opinion. There's been rye. a couple. So I've had a couple ryes that I've liked. I you do, like there's the a, pepper. You like James Pepper. The pepper one's pretty good. I liked the Jefferson. Jefferson rye is excellent. The says, I don't think those are 100%. No, they're like 75. I think Jefferson Rye is like 75, Ryan. Mm-hmm. The Sazerac 18 was very delicious. <laughs> I have not tried Sazerac 18 because <laughs> I don't have $2,000. I have tried it at a bar for 40 Wow. But, so. um, yeah, you know, the rice, it's, I think we've talked about this. It's one of my favorite, or my favorite whiskeys really tend to be high in rye or even rye whiskeys. <laughs> Dan, Dan is shook making, his head. <laughs> making a tremendous face here that like he really enjoyed that first sip of rye. So delicious. It's, it's like the true. first sip of this is definitely a little jarring. It's it uh yeah, I mean it is. It's spicy, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um but you know there's there's rice like uh, E.H. Taylor rye is just one of the oh, best yeah. whiskeys that I've so tried. Good. Will it rye if you can get your hands on that? One of the best rice that I've yeah, tried. Absolutely. Um, and again, you just go down the list and, mm-hmm. and some of the rice that I that we've had. I've maybe I was telling you know you guys. I don't know if I've tried a hundred percent rye whiskey, but you know, maybe, apparently Whistle Pig at some point had like a hundred percent mash for others, like the ten. Yeah, the ten. The ten year was at one point. I don't know if it is anymore. Yeah. Um, or maybe it was a special release. Yeah, was, maybe. Because it was like 10, 10, 100. Oh, that makes sense. So it was 10-year-old. Um, or wait, no. It was 10, 100, 100. Because <laughs> it was 10-year-old, 100-proof, 100% rye. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, I, was, I mean, I knew there were high rice. I know, like, some of the whistle pigs are 90s. Yeah. I think there's one that's like 95. Um, but I... I just enjoy the flavor of a rye whiskey. Mm-hmm. So this is, I, I think you mentioned, right? It's like 48% alcohol. It's like, I uh, know it's 103.2. Proof, this one so, is? Yeah. Jeez. That does not taste like a 103. That tastes really smooth for me. Wow. Yeah. I, I did not see that. I thought it was going to be like 110, 112 or something. Wow. 
Really good. Um, you know, like you were saying, it's it's a it's a little a little rough the first one that you try because of the rye that it's one hundred percent rye is spicy, and we've talked about this. The high rye bourbons tend to be spicy, and of course, the rye whiskeys uh, are pretty spicy. The other thing I was I was you know, reading about this in a couple of the reviews is that it's marketed as a mixer. Like it really? is marketed, and in the in the back of the label, I was reading it just now while we were reading the New York Times. Um, it says mix it. It's a mixer. A couple of times it says you know to mix it that it's it's that it's a mixer huh. whiskey. In I mean, I've been drinking this for twenty minutes now, and I, I don't know if I would mix this. This is great. No, I like this a lot. I really do. Um, <laughs> Dan's giving us stink eye. <laughs> Dan's gonna skip this episode. <laughs> <laughs> After Roberto gives his tasting notes, I'll, I'll give my tasting notes. You know that commercial, Indeed, you do. You, you need Indeed. We should probably put an Indeed ad out there for a replacement for Dan. So if, you know, public statement, if, you, uh, if you're looking for a podcast. Oh, and I, uh, know, I, 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 me and Roberto talked about it, but I forgot to tell you. We're actually going to change our name to Rye Matters. Rye Matters. <laughs> pass. <laughs> Hard Pass. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, again, this is marketed as a, as a whiskey for cocktail use. And it's an interesting strategy. I don't know why you would do that. But at the same time, it makes sense if you want to break through the noise, right? If, you're, yeah. if you want to be, uh, it, it is, I mean, bourbon and whiskeys is just a saturated market, true and true. So if you want to distinguish yourself and say, hey, look, here's 100% right whiskey, mix it. That's maybe that's a good strategy. Hey, I, I could definitely see this being a great cocktail whiskey. Yeah. I mean, um, this could probably make a freaking good old fashioned. I mean, yeah, I, the I prefer rye old fashions in general. I do too. Um, yep. so this would be top notch. I agree. Uh, when I started to get into whiskey, I would buy as many uh, Sazerac rye bottles as I could find because that mm-hmm. was my go to old fashioned bottle. Uh, and this is this would make a really good old fashioned. <coughs> Um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty bottle. The label's got uh, the you know the typical whistle pig writing and font, which is really nice. But then I was noticing, and, and also I started researching it because I noticed the pig is wearing a, a Stanton oh, yeah. hat as opposed to the top hat. So whistle pig, the pig on the label wears the top hat, and they changed this one. Uh, and, and the reason why they changed it is a nod to the master distiller, uh, the former master distiller who passed away, Dave Pickerel, mm. uh, who you would uh, apparently would always wear a Stanton hat, so they that's what they did with Sounds like my kind of guy. Stetson. I keep saying Stanton <laughs> I think it's Stetson. Yeah, you're not a cowboy at I'm all. I'm not a cowboy. I, <coughs> well, I, I lived in 20, Dallas for... I spent 20 years in Texas, uh, or, <laughs> or actually 25. Uh, you know, again, when you start smelling it, because I did, I go through the motions, that's we you always should, right? And again, we've talked about, take your own notes, don't listen to the marketers. Uh, smell it, give it a good swirl, smell it a little, and then taste it. Swish it if you need to, the first couple ones, especially because you know, it's getting your mouth ready for it. And then, um, and, and then you can obviously get the palate, the tones and everything, and then the finish, which is what it leaves you with. Um, this one is spicy, uh, very spicy, actually, when you start smelling it. But it's, it's interesting because it's not harsh, the smell. No, You smell no. it, and it's spicy but not hard. Like, it doesn't hit you. It's, it, it smells as smooth as it tastes. Very smooth. You know, and especially for a 103 uh, proof. I mean, it doesn't mm. burn, which is, it doesn't burn the nose. 
Um, cinnamon for sure, spicy rye. I mean, it's 100% rye, so you can immediately take, taste the rye. Yeah, it's very like um, peppery. Peppery, exactly. Uh, and, you know, one of the tastes that maybe I'm buying into the whole marketing thing is leather because I can definitely smell leather in this. Um, and then, you know, again, the first one is, it's, it hits your mouth. Just the rye just completely hits your mouth. And then the second one starts getting a little smoother. And then you start you know, tasting that it, it is a little sweet. Like it's, it's a sweet flavor that you get, like a caramel or brown sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, vanilla. Like right, in, right in the middle. Right in the middle. I just took a sweet, um, <laughs> just to remind myself, I forgot. You know, <laughs> it's been 10 minutes. Um, so, oaky, you know, speaking of oak, this is definitely oaky. And the finish, you know, when I'm, again, you, you take two or three sips and then you know, leave it down for a second and then, then start tasting the, the finishing notes. Uh, it's the same. It really, you know, sometimes it'll leave you with a different taste. This one just leaves me with. Brown sugar and vanilla and yeah. oak and, and cinnamon. It's very smooth when you, you know, the finish is really smooth. Um, so, you know, overall, I think it's, it's, it's good. It's a well-rounded whiskey. I, you know, again, I don't know if I would mix it, but maybe I would if it's like an old-fashioned, like we were mm-hmm. saying. Uh, I enjoy my whiskey neat a lot. I actually haven't had an old-fashioned in, in many, many months just because I enjoy neat. And I would buy this bottle for whatever, what is 60, you said? I would definitely buy this. You know, again, if you can find it outside of the Chicago This one was a batch number one. They've got a batch number one and a batch number two. So I think I'm going to go buy a batch number Mm -hmm. two. (laughs) I'm going to go buy both. I'm going to go see Sam tomorrow. Maybe he has some. Maybe he has one. My tasting notes are a bit different. (laughs) And... (laughs) And then going with the with the pig strategy of or the pig terminology on things, so you guys probably I, I think you guys both know I used to raise pigs when I was very little. Yeah, you were in FFA or whatever that FFA four H everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, when I would go in to put bedding down in the hog house, you would take straw and shake straw everywhere, and there'd just be straw dust, and it would just get inhaled through your nose and just sit there in the back of your throat and burn. That's what I taste. <laughs> oh, man. Do you taste Fireball? I don't taste Fireball. Um, no. It's, I, I, like I said, there's a very few ryes that I've liked. Yeah. Um, it's just not, just not my style. Um, have you tried Pappy Rye? I haven't tried the Pappy Rye. I don't think any of us have tried the Pappy Rye. I've tried Rye. Pappy have Rye you? in Texas, yeah. It's amazing. I mean, it's just smooth as the, I mean, Sazerac 18, that's the same thing. It's, it's mm-hmm. one of those things where it's just everything's beautiful about it. But most of the ryes I've tried, if it's a high rye mash bill, so 15, 25%, I'm usually yeah. fine with. But this is a little much for, for my taste palate. But again, we're all, we all have different palates and we, we all, all different like different tastes. things. So. Yep. I just happen to like everything except for crown, well, you're an alcoholic. apple, and peach. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what tastes worse, this or Stoli? <laughs> oh. Well, definitely, definitely the clear liquor. Yeah, uh, always I tastes say, worse. I mean, the, the, the vodka, especially cheap vodka, like Stoli, is always going to be worse. Yep. It, I mean, it's, it's, I, I can drink this. It's not like I can't drink a glass or I'm going to spit it out or anything. It's, Wait, it's what just, if you mixed it? I'm not big. I, I don't mind a Sazerac old fashioned, I guess, but I don't know. I've, I don't like a ton of rye, though. I'm a little yeah. bit more malty. Um, yeah. Is more what I like to I mean, it. but. It, 
if you had like a Kentucky mule, this would probably Dub- make an yeah, amazing yeah, Kentucky yeah, yeah, mule. Yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, old fashioned is really well, like it's really not even mixing because you're just putting sugar and. And, and there's there's so many different <laughs> variations of the old fashioned. I mean, we have our typical old fashioned. Yeah, you have you, the, the old fashioned, the medium age fashion. If you cross you the the, uh, the novo fashion. novo life fashion. If you, Cross the uh, border to the north and go in Wisconsin. You get the super sweet brandy old fashioned yeah. with Sprite and stuff oh, in it. And it's, shit. Yeah, no, not no, old no, fashioned no, no, anymore. No. But no, um, that's no. no. A Kentucky Mule. I can see this going well in, but straight for me, this isn't for for people that aren't rye. It's 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 a strong rye. It is a yeah. I mean, the flavor is definitely there. Um, it's flavorful to me. For me, the front is very rye heavy. You get that like. Black yep. pepper kind of kind of taste. It's it's a little spicy, um, but then as it develops, there's a lot more sweet notes that come through. I think, I, I, I think that's the beer barrel coming through. Oh, that's a good point. A lot. So you said it was Revolution, right? But yeah. Does it say what kind? Because I love Revolution beer. VSOJ. Oh, it's VSOJ. You said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a. They said it's a barley wine. It's a barrel aged barley wine ale. Yeah, so like to me, I can taste other grains yeah. coming through in like the middle, and yeah. especially on the end. Yep. Yeah, so I think for a rye, this is, or a 100% rye, this is pretty complex. Yeah, I mean, most rye are complex. 100% really hits you nicely, in my opinion, not in Dan's opinion. <laughs> uh, you know, again, I, I just love the deep amber color of this rye, and, and it's dark. It's mm-hmm. probably one of the darkest ones. Yeah. Uh, and the spice, just, I, I, I fell in love with the spice of this one. Yep, definitely. Yeah. I don't know. For me, if there's going to be that much rye, I would like to see some corned beef and sauerkraut in the in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I actually had a really good Reuben yesterday. Nice. I haven't had a good Reuben in a long time, but now I want one. Yeah. Oh, man. That's the only good thing about this rye for me. It's a good thing about living in Chicago is that there's good Rubens everywhere. That's true. I don't know. For me, if you're not a Rye fan, it's probably not going to be something that you're going to want to look to pick up. Um, I think it'll, we talked about it, I think it'll work good in a mixer like a Kentucky Mule. Um, for sure. Am, am I going to buy one just for that? Probably not. But again, yeah. my palate's different than your guys. I'm not a not a big fan of Rye. Yeah. So. Wait, yeah. what do you use for mules? Ah. Uh, I've usually have I've just been using Buffalo Trace. Oh man, that's mm. so one of the best ones you can use for yeah. for meals. That's for sure. Ooh, that makes a good one. Yeah. So I think besides Dan, overall, I think we enjoy this one. Um, again, it's a it's going to depend on your um, preference towards rye. Um, I'd say this is a decent like entry level rye. I would um, say, yeah. It's got a it's got enough other flavor going on because of the barrel, the beer barrel finish, um, that it's not going to, you know, knock you over with the rye spiciness. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good, good starter. If you're looking to try rye, it would be, I mean, that's a good point about entry level. Cause you know, I, I entered into the rise with Sazerac rye, which is, you know, it's Mm -hmm. that $30 rye and it's just amazing. It's also a great mixer. Yep. Uh, but, you know, this one's more complex than Sazerac Rye for yeah. almost the same price, right? I mean, it's really not that much different. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely uh, more more drinkable. 
uh, than than other one hundred percent rise. Um, yeah, Dan sitting there yeah. like, I'll, yeah, I'll, whatever. Yeah, I'll take your opinion on it. Oh man, <laughs> one of these days. What if in five years you're like, I love rise. Well, oh, there's a good chance that'll thinking? happen. Yeah, but there's also things that five years ago I didn't like that I like now. So <laughs> that's a really good. Point. For example, you as a friend. <laughs> oh shit, that's a good singer. <laughs> Are we doing an episode on scotch coming up? I think so. Yeah, so I I did pick up the proper 12, which is Conor McGregor's whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an Irish whiskey. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think we should venture into scotches and Irish whiskeys and stuff like that at some point. I think so too. You know, again, it's a bourbon podcast, but I'm not opposed to just filling a couple of episodes with, yeah. I mean, not filling just to fill them, but talking about good whiskeys out there like yeah. scotch. Get I started some. with scotch. We can get some diversity in yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, we have a diverse crew, and now we need a diverse set of whiskeys. <laughs> um, you know, again, I'm, I started with scotch, uh, drinking whiskeys way before bourbon. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of scotch. Uh, you know, there's a misconception that scotches are all peated, and that's not true. Yeah. Uh, now, I think they say about maybe only about half of the, the scotches. So we'll try a couple. I think they'll be really good. Yeah. Maybe an Irish one, maybe a Jameson. <laughs> well, not, in, not in Montana, so we can find it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's definitely no shortage when I was at Benny's <laughs> the other day. So nice. <clears throat> so next week we have the American High West that we're going to work on. Yeah, that's the uh, single malt. Uh, it's a new release. Uh, I think it came out in December or early January. Um, so yeah, we'll give that a try. Um, that's actually similar to a scotch yeah. also because it's a single malt. Um, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, something different. I think one thing we want to do is we know that we all have different palates and everyone listening might have some as well too. So try and find something to keep everyone yeah. happy and entertained. Yep. Yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a good thing you know. to, again, I mean the single malt bourbons. I love them too. Yeah. Because they remind me of scotch a lot. Uh, you know, sp- speaking of, and I know we'll have an episode on its own, but speaking of scotches and rye, I tried, Sam actually recommended a Johnny Walker rye. Oh, Which nice. I had never seen a rye scotch before. Me either. It's the first time I've ever tried something like that, and it is absolutely amazing. So again, huh. a pitch for that since we're talking about rye and scotches right now. Sweet. Yeah, really good. I think I'll pass on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Should try it. You know, again, maybe five yeah. years. You warmed up to me. Maybe in five years you'll warm up to the Johnny Rye too. I don't know. Very cool. All right. And uh, you know, we, we kinda talked about our own uh aging experiment. Uh so we put together two bottles. Uh we've got Buffalo Trace Mash Bill number one and uh the Buffalo Trace Rye. Um the Buffalo Trace Mash Bill number one, we did uh this is, I guess this is basically a quadruple oak because I didn't read the <laughs> recipe and put uh, quadruple the amount of American wood chips in it. Um, that's so how Woodford gets the double-double double oak? <laughs> yeah. That's starting to look like Worcestershire sauce. Yeah, it's already dark. It hasn't even been that like you long. You can cook with that. and it'll, it'll, It's like steak sauce already. Yeah. A1. And then uh, for the rye, we're using um, vanilla dark chocolate uh wood and then orange peel so we'll see how that comes yeah. out this one might actually taste I'm just like that. which fashioned. which mash is that one <laughs> this the, is the rye. the rye and what was the other one again the other one's buffalo trace mash bill number one. Ooh. now i gotta find myself a kit 
Yeah. I have a couple of those white dog bottles. Somewhere. See, I think uh, because I messed up the recipe, it's supposed to sit for like two to four weeks, but we'll probably open it up in a week or two. <laughs> Episode um, seven. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, either next week, well, next week we might pop it, take a little sip and see where it's at. Um, if not, we'll wait another week, but yeah. Uh, so we'll see how that comes out. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, go and follow us. If you don't already follow us on Instagram at bourbon matters, you know, I think we're seeing a really nice increase in mm-hmm. followers. So thank yep. you for those who have clicked like also, comment, share the posts. Yeah. Yeah. Also the ones that actually go and you know, click on the, the links to the podcast. Uh, so thank you for that. Facebook is bourbon matters. Mm-hmm. And uh, the website, as always, if you you know you can find pictures of us, uh, bios, no merch yet, but I'm sure oh, yeah. that's uh, maybe a, you know two hundred episodes away. That's not yeah. too bad. There is a donation <laughs> link that you can hit on right yeah, now. Yeah, donate, yeah. and then maybe we start the merch. Uh, Bourbon Matters Podcast yep. dot com. Uh, so again, we're all on, uh, and you can find the podcast in all the platforms: Spotify, Apple, and the other one that I always forget: Stitcher. Stitcher. Yep. It just sounds like you know, like I'm going to stitching class, you know. <laughs> Like like sewing class or something. The yeah. other awesome thing about the Instagram is you can always catch Roberto posting personal message as I, uh, Bourbon Matters. I do so. not know how to distinguish my personal account from the Bourbon Matters. <laughs> so if you see random comments from me, I, I did not. I messed up. <laughs> uh, are we trying Texas uh, Bourbon at some point? Yeah, so that's, I think... Uh, several weeks because mm-hmm. we got a few things lined up over the next like i think five weeks yep. or so um but at some point we are going to do a texas series where we'll be trying tx uh garrison brothers and balcones Ooh. um so that's going to be a good one three solid choices yeah if you can find them in the meantime pick up a bottle of either one of those yeah any any and all her tx are good. and garrison would be my top choices balcones is my third choice of Texas whiskeys, but even then, it's really, really good. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Well, guys, good episode. Finished uh, drinking the rye. I got one little sip I'm going to force down yet. So. Me too. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.